0: You are listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and knowledge of God's people. My name is Jason Rowland. I'm the senior pastor and one of the elders of Believer's Baptist Church, and I'm joined in this podcast by another elder of the church, Philip Castleton. We want to thank you all for listening, whoever you may be and wherever you may be, and may the Lord bless this podcast to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth. Philip, we are going to look at the question What did Jesus mean by telling us to hate our father and mother? And there's several texts to look at and so it will be a good learning spiritual growth podcast. And the first text I want to draw our attention to is Luke chapter 14, where Jesus is speaking and there are crowds that have gathered that um, he speaks to. And he says in verse 26, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And so the question obviously comes from the first part of that text that I just read, verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters. So there's three things that Jesus actually said, and we were talking earlier before we went live with this, that John MacArthur points out that the three principal pieces of the lost man's life are mentioned here that is his people that his his father mother wife children brothers and sisters his person and even his own life verse 26 and then in verse 33 so therefore anyone who does not um who does not un- renounce all that he has his possessions yeah so his people his person and his possessions
1: which is a comprehensive view or a comprehensive uh, totality of all that the lost man has, right right everything he has exists and 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 um, uh, rotates if you will on 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 these things that they, they're focused on they're founded on those things right. their uh, people, their person their possessions and Jesus is
0: calling us people to renounce these things, to hate them even to the point that we would um, reject those things in our life as far as um, being more important, more significant, um, more of more value than our relationship with Christ. And we're going to clarify some of the ideas of what hate is here and how to think about that. But the point is, if you want to follow Jesus, there is a cost. And this is something that I have... I tried to make clear in my personal presentation of the gospel for a long time now because I will um, lay out the gospel, and what the need is, and how that they are separated from God. And then, then I'll invite them into that relationship. But I want to, I always say, but I want to tell you it's going to cost you
1: well that's exactly the 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 whole discourse here that you're reading. I remember he's just given um, a parable about a great banquet where you know a whole bunch of people have they didn't want to come right. right they didn't want to show up and and then he talks about this this discipleship cost and and yeah, he does talk about the totality of the lost man's uh, world really everything that might be important to him but he he goes on to say right I'm, i mean who uh Whoever does not bear his own cross. Well, what is that signifying? What is it speaking to but death, right? Right. Okay. Are you willing to give up even your own life? Right. because
0: the cross is an instrument of death it,
1: that's what everybody who would have heard that would have known no, right right because they would have uh, there there's about a, a group of people in first century uh, uh, Rome you know first century uh, Palestine who um, they would have seen people crucified on the side of the road right I mean you know uh, they would have seen um, they would have understood crucifixion and they would have understood the cross to be emblematic of and uh, uh, of death right so if it, when someone says you're going to take up your cross you're carrying it you are carrying and your cross to your own, um, you know, uh, uh, execution, execution. that's yeah. right. So who does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple, right? For which of you desiring to build a tower doesn't sit down and count the cost? The whole point, then then you've got the general who's going to go to war and he has to sit down and weigh out. Okay, I've got X number of soldiers and so many. So and so has so many soldiers. Um, can I win this battle? Right. Is this a reality? Yeah. And the point being, all of this is, if, if you think for a second that you can just waltz in here, you know, make a claim to me without having thought through and weighed out what it's going to cost you, you don't know the first thing about what it means to be attached to me. Right. Because it's going to cost you mother, father, possessions,
0: your own life. Everything has to be secondary to me. Right. And I I know we're going to look at detail at some text there in uh, Matthew chapter 10 and chapter 13 that you want to bring to the discussion. But just to to give a a quick overview, this, this text and the text that we're going to look at in Matthew are not the only times that we can think about what Jesus was saying in terms of following Him. For example, in Mark chapter 10... You read this, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. So the the point of the text, and we could could elaborate a, a lot of different thought there, but the point that I'm making in our podcast now is that Jesus is calling us to leave these things, so not only does he call us to hate, but he calls us here in this text in Mark to leave our fathers and mothers and family and our possessions. Well, and
1: the thing that we need to, to make clear that'll make uh, help us understand this, I think, is the fact that what what's not necessarily being called for. Is a physical abandonment of these things,
0: right? Okay, we're going to be clear about that. What
1: what he is definitely talking about? Because remember the, the the whole key here is discipleship. What does discipleship look like? What is what is real discipleship? And what he's saying, I think, is um, the attitude, the heart disposition, the disposition of the heart of the true disciple. The real disciple, the one who truly belongs to Christ. Remember, many had come and claimed to be disciples and they wandered off, right? Right. This is the testimony of the scriptures. I mean, it's over and over and over. Um, The the disposition of the heart, the attitude, the position, the posture of the, the, the true disciple is one that says, I want you above everything else. And I will cast it all aside and consider it all worthless for." the glory of knowing christ paul even says something as much in, in philippians right i had according to the law i was blameless mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i had all of these things that were that were accredited to me that were accolades if you will amongst my people and i set them all aside and consider them nothing for the sake of knowing Christ and the righteousness that that comes not through the law but through 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 Him. So that being said, this is what's being called for here. It's a position, an attitude, and uh, 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 a disposition of the heart that says uh, uh, that says that the real disciple is the one who says, "I find my greatest treasure in Christ and in nothing
0: else." That's right, right. I mean, yeah, and you, you want to be clear; it's not a literal hate of mother, father, um, brother, sister. But it is that disposition. Now, it is true. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, to make that
1: point, because I think that's exactly right. Um, it, the, remember, um, Rachel and Leah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One was loved and the other one wasn't loved. Right. Is what the Bible says. Yeah. Well, if you actually, the Hebrew actually says that she was hated, but it didn't mean hated. It just, he loved Rachel more than he loved. He had a preference for Rachel more than he did Leah. He did. He had a preference, if you will. Right. right. This is what's being said. What What do you prefer? Right. Where is your um, you know uh, where is your proclivity do you, is, it, is
0: it for God or is it is it for your brothers, sister mother's right. whatever? Because we do have Jesus making this statement about coming uh, even though we have many texts that says he came um, to bring peace. Uh, peace on earth and goodwill toward men, and even as we read of the nativity uh, text. But the the thing I want us to think about is he also came to divide. Because if you have a mother um, or a father who are unbelievers and will not reject, uh, rather accept Christ, but reject him and then demand that you do the same— mm-hmm then you have to make a choice.
1: Well, and this is what Matthew 10 speaks to Yes. The
0: the same thing. In fact, let's read that. Matthew 10, verse
1: 34 and following. Do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. There you go. There's the key, right? There's the disposition of of his heart, the the desires of his heart, the desires of his life. Would, Would I give everything that constitutes my life for for the joy and and pleasure and uh, of of Christ. Right. That's what he's saying. Yes. Would you lose your life for me? Right. Because the one who loses his life for me finds his life in me. Yes. Isn't that what he says? Yes. So and, and then we have the same kind of thing in in um and this is exactly why I wanted to go to Matthew 13 because there's two parables that are listed really short, they're one verse along each, but didn't make this point. In Matthew 13:44 it says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man a man found and he covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and he buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in, in in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is the picture, right? This is These are two people in these parables that have found something of such surpassing worth and such surpassing greatness that everything that they held dear prior to that moment, they were willing to cast off. For that thing, that's right and that's what we're saying that's the picture. It, did, did that mean that everything that the that the, the the pearl merchant owned before that was bad? No, right but did it compare to the great price and the great worth of the pearl that he found no and if and if it took the abandonment and the selling of or the re- rejecting of everything that he held dear before for that, he was willing to be, he saw it surpassing worth. That's the point. Are you willing to, to, to is Christ of such a beauty and such value and of such surpassing worth that you say, um, if it means that I'm an enemy to my mother or my father or my sister or my brother, if it means that it costs me my life, if it means I give up all my possessions and all my friends, if it means all of these things, he's worth it. Jesus
0: says, if that's not the disposition of your heart, you're not worthy of him. Right. Um, he, I think he uses exaggerated language, giving an exaggerated picture almost, because of the seriousness of it.
1: Well, he's certainly not doing what modern evangelism today would do, right. where we try to take every hurdle out of the way. right? Because modern evangelism does that. They say, let's make it as easy as possible. This is why we get the Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life mm-hmm. um, articulations, right? Um, because we want to make it um, uh, uh, as easy as possible. And, and that's certainly not what Jesus is doing. Jesus right. is saying, um, I'm going to make it very, very clear to you what is expected of, of a disciple. And it's not just um, some kind of a physical posture. It's a posture of the heart. And if that if that is not the posture of your heart, it doesn't matter what um, externals you have going for you. You do not belong. And he, he puts hurdles in the way, if you will. Yes. Saying... You don't just come, don't just come. In fact, if we could learn a lot, because in in Christ's evangelistic work, He always makes it hard. Right. He makes it very, very hard. He sets the standard high, and He puts every hurdle up. Right. And here's why. I think I, I, I'm I'm going to stray from this particular text just for a moment, but to say I think because He knows that only God changes hearts. The disposition of man is always, right, away from God. So let's put the hurdles up in such a way, let's throw them out there to recognize that false converts, I'm not interested in false converts, I'm not interested in in baptisms, right? right? I'm not interested in names on the roll. I want disciples. Right. And this is what makes disciples. God makes disciples. Right. And he's the one, the only one who can change the heart to such an extent where we would cast off our mother, brother, sister, father, um, all our possessions and our, even our own life. He's the only one who can make that change in a heart. Right. And Jesus knew that. Jesus gave life to whom he will, the Spirit works in whom he will, and the Father gives to the Son of people, and Jesus knew it, and he lived and and
0: exercised evangelistic fervor in light of those things. Right. And there were those people that we have, for example, in John chapter 6, that turned away from him. Yes and would not believe, and then certainly there are other examples I think that we could draw from the Gospels, but that's the, the preeminent one where he um, has been preaching and teaching and fed the 5,000, and, and yet there were those who would walk away because um, it, it was hard. There were obstacles to following him that they did not want to overcome. Yeah, they didn't. That's exactly right. I think probably John chapter 12, verses 24 and 25. Uh, I don't know if you need to come back to anything in Matthew there. No, no, you're good. Okay. In John 12, 24 and 25, perhaps this uh, says as much to us as what we've tried to say. Jesus speaking again, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now, there's some indication, obviously, that Jesus is speaking of himself here Mm -hmm. and that he is the one who is um, going to um, be the grain that um, falls into the earth and dies. But this is also speaking of um, verse 25, whoever loves his life loses it. Mm -hmm. We lose our life, but if we hate our life, then we gain it. Mm -hmm. And again, that's strong language, but... That's the kind of language that has to be used to get us to think about, to shock us into understanding the reality of this. Uh, The same thing is found in Luke chapter 9, when some people came to Jesus and they want to follow him, and Jesus makes this statement to one of those who come, yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Uh, The idea is no, you you don't have time. Uh, It is not urgent to go back home and say farewell to your people in the, um, in, in the context and in the understanding of the new Testament that, that, could have been a long-term farewell. It, it wouldn't have just been showing up at the house and 15 minutes later, you're left with your bags packed. This is a till my father dies kind of uh, farewell. Yeah, yeah,
1: the picture in all of those, because there's more yes. more of those to follow, is that um, in essence, they're saying, uh, there'll come a time when when you'll be a priority, Lord, but for now, I've got other things. Right. And, and I, let me satisfy those things now, and then one day... When it's more convenient, when it's more convenient, I will make you a priority, and and he's saying, um, uh, you have missed the point. Right. It, it cannot be that way. Uh, I must be a priority now, or I, it'll never
0: happen. Right. It will not happen. Right. Yeah. So it's important, I think, um, for all of us to recognize the high cost of following Jesus, and that it is a counting of the cost for us in our life. And we've said it on many podcasts in the past that the transformation has to be evident in your life. Um, To be a disciple is evident. Uh, There's not a guessing that Philip Castleton is a disciple and a follower of Christ. I hope not. Um, No, that doesn't mean you don't sin. Sure. It, it, It means that we can look at the pattern of your life and recognize there's a willingness there's a desire. there's a, a heart um, inclination to follow Christ. Yeah and as, and as, as some have said, its sometimes
1: it's two steps forward, three steps back yeah, exactly. right? exactly oh yes. four steps forward, one step back and I mean it's certainly not um, you know as, as fast. The evidence of sanctification in our life it isn't as um, as linear you know, as, as we would like it to be, right? Right. Sometimes it veers all
0: over the place. Yes. But, yeah. but nevertheless, there should be progression. Right. And there should be a, a, a progression of uh, glory to glory to new heights yeah. I'm gaining every day, as mm-hmm. the song would say. Right. Um, but um, yes, there will be certainly those moments of, of um, tripping, stumbling, um, not consistent with our walk. Well, hopefully, again, um, this podcast has been helpful. Um, Anything else that you could add to what we've said, Philip? No, sir. I hope that it's been clear. And we pray that, again, this question has been something that will be of spiritual benefit to you. Again, Um, We appreciate any ratings or reviews Or any likes Any sharing that you would do for the podcast We always pray and ask that God would use these podcasts For His own glory And to benefit His people So thank you for listening